welcome to Vitally You, a podcast created to introduce you to the tools that will be your roadmap for feeling younger while growing older. I'm your host, Dana Frost, a wellness expert, life coach, and energy medicine practitioner. Here's what you can expect. Conversations about vitality from the inside out with guest experts in the field of health, culture, and spirituality and solo episodes along the way from me where I do deep dives into the topics of aging, heart intelligence, energy medicine, and your innate capacity to heal. If you want to feel younger while growing older, this is the place for you. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Vitally You podcast. In today's episode, we are talking to Dr. Alka Patel. Dr. Patel is a TEDx speaker, a general practitioner in the UK, a lifestyle doctor, longevity coach, author, and podcaster. She is the founder of Lifestyle First, creator of the Lifestyle First formula, and host of the Lifestyle First podcast. One of her greatest passions is to empower and equip passionate changemakers to connect to their DNA. So her DNA stands for Discover notice and activate who you are, what you want, and where you are going so you can outsmart stress and outlive life with stress-modifying, age-reversing techniques for a life of longevity, intention, value, and energy. She sounds like the perfect guest for Vitally You. Her own biological age, you won't believe this, it's 30 years younger than her chronological age. Now, if you remember when I had true age diagnostics as a guest, my biological age was seven years younger than my chronological age. So 30 years younger is really impressive. Dr. Patel is going to share keen insights so that we can feel younger while growing older. Dr. Alka Patel, welcome to the Vitally You podcast. I am so honored to have you as a guest and it's been really fun to listen to your podcast in preparation for our time together. And could you tell our listeners the name of your podcast? Oh, of course, Dana. It's the Lifestyle First Podcast. It's all in the name. It will tell you what it's about. (laughs) Yes, I love it. There are so many interesting conversations that you're having over there on your podcast. So I want to make sure the listeners have an opportunity to find you there. Dr. Patel, I was listening to your TED Talk And I was really impressed with a story that you shared about your father, losing your father. And you're a general practitioner in the UK. So would you mind just opening with the story of your father's passing? Gosh, yes, I I can certainly do that, Dana. Um, I'm not sure I've spoken about this outside of my TEDx talk very much. So, and I don't often start my own story of my own journey there because there's so many moments in time that we think are that moment was the moment that things changed for me. And you're probably right to take me back to, um, to my father and the sad passing of my father, which is what I share in my, in my TEDx talk. It was a moment when I was the daughter, but I was also the doctor. And I'm sure there'll be many daughters listening here today who immediately there's anything wrong with our dads or there's any sign of trouble. We just want to be the ones that wrap around and take charge and and take care Mm -hmm. at the same time. So those two big C's were on my mind, take charge and take care. And this was under the umbrella of a third C, which was uh, cancer. Uh, 
So he'd been diagnosed with a cancer, which led me to, of course, being the best doctor I wanted to be was to seek out the best doctor for him. And I thought I'd done that. And we pushed ahead with surgery and got everything done at the quickest possible time, because that's what you want when you're wanting to have the best care for the best person in your life. And found a great surgeon and somebody who was very eminent in his field, somebody who'd been jet-setting around the world, giving conferences, talking professionally around the world. He said he'd squeeze us in um, in between his travels so that we, we could take good care of my dad, and it felt like the right thing to do. And so my father had his surgery and sadly didn't make it off the operating table. Hmm. So, of course, that was a, a moment, a, a sudden moment when the unexpected happened and I couldn't really understand it why did things go wrong and reflecting back whilst I had so much gratitude for being squeezed in and cared for by an eminent surgeon what I realized over time was that this surgeon was quite tired he was a giving man but in his attempt to give and care he didn't take care of himself mm-hmm and therefore couldn't be the best person possible for my dad. And that's what my TEDx talk was based on, this sense that, that tiredness is something that we all face, but we don't really realize the repercussions of that on ourselves or on the people that we're looking after, people that we're caring for, the people that, that matter to us. So looking back, thank you for asking me the question to start my story there, but I think you're right. That was probably the first step in things changing for me but like with all change change takes time doesn't it so I didn't really do anything too different in my life I carried on being the busy professional GP that I was um, and in fact I became even more busy because I wanted to be even better and even better for the people that I cared for as well yeah well thank you so much Dr. Patel for sharing that story with us you know I think it hits at the heart of having the best intentions. And we are taught in a way that if we work hard enough, that the outcome will be what we desire. And I know listening to your podcast, I think that this will resonate with you. Oftentimes it's in doing less that we become more, we become more present. Would you agree with that, Dr. Patel? Mm, I'm glad you've really raised that. Um, because actually my story continues from there. So maybe I can take you back. My father's story was July 2003. And the next part of my story is probably a, a decade later or so. It was June 2012. And I find myself lying in a bed, one of those very uncomfortable beds with white sheets and plastic pillows. I think you may already know the sort I'm describing. I'm in a place where I can hear beeping alarms. They seem to be in time with the rhythm of my heart. There's a very distinct smell around me. It's the smell of a place where not everyone really goes home from. So I think uh, you could probably realize right now that I'm in a hospital myself. Mm-hmm. And this idea of being busy, as I said, after my father passed, to cope, to manage the void, I kept so busy that my busyness led to my body shutting down, my kidneys giving up, my liver giving up, a moment when I didn't think I would see my children again. This was burnout. 
But of course, I didn't want to call it burnout. I didn't want to admit that at all. It felt like a weakness and it felt like failing and it felt like being incapable. But that was the end result of doing more. And I think, again, if there is another pivotal moment, that's the moment when I thought I've got to do less, exactly that. But handing those reins over is not easy. And I remember you're really, you really are taking me <laughs> to the depths of, uh, of my, my own journey here. But I remember I couldn't get back in a car for a long time. I didn't want to take hold of that steering wheel again and be the mm -hmm. driver because it was just so symbolic. We talk about being in the driving seat of our life, don't we? Or being in control and having our foot on that accelerator. And I knew once I got back into the car, I'd be going shopping, I'd be running errands, I'd be picking up the children, I'd be here, there, and everyone, life would be busy again. So my my mental state at that time stopped me from getting back in a car for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I think that's there, isn't it? It's that desire to do less, but just to be more. We hear that a lot as well now. So absolutely resonate with with what you're saying now, for sure. Yeah, well, I can, as you were talking about being in the bed with the white sheets and the plastic covers and all that, it took me right back to my health crisis and being in the same place. It's, you know, you're, you're there and, and it's sort of like a dream state because you really can't believe it's happening. And there are repercussions for what, whatever is going on physiologically. For me, it was a burned out electrical conduction of my heart. And it's the way that it expressed itself was the way my electrophysiologist said, it's really, it's what happens to older women, older men, the, it's a burned out body part, but we don't see it in a young 45 year old woman. This was 10 years ago. And it was a wake up moment. We both share that the, the wake up moment where really it is a burnout Yeah. and you know, how you move forward. It's really, I love your DNA because Dr. Patel, I didn't use that terminology, but it is what I started doing and I love it. So for the listeners, for you listeners who have listened to Kashif Khan, the founder of the DNA company, and we talked about the DNA, your DNA coding, and then epigenetics in terms of how your genes express themselves. Dr. Patel has a really quippy way that she refers to this and I'll let you say what DNA means. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, so I think when we use the word DNA, we all immediately connect it to what's at our core, don't we? What's at our nucleus? What's at our center? And I do a lot of that testing as well, DNA testing, genetic testing, biological age testing, which I'm sure we'll, we'll chat about. But for me, the letters DNA started to resonate with something else, something else that connected to my core. So I talk about DNA as discover notice and activate. Yeah. I mean, that just, for me, that really resonated when I heard your podcast on that as something very sacred in my recovery. And I had adrenal fatigue. I was pre-diabetic. There were things I was perimenopausal. There were other things mixed in that I had to start, I say tracking. I think your way of saying it, discover, notice, activate is very beautiful. And I I really resonate with that. I think it's easy to remember, but it it is slowing down so that we are really in tune 
with the messages our body is sending us on a moment by moment basis, the body will respond to us through constriction, through flow, through, you know, just subtle muscular differences through the nervous system, the nervous system using the muscular system. And we've got that language and that knowing, but if we don't slow down so that we can discover and we can notice, we're not going to be able to discover and notice if we're on the hamster wheel, if we're going, going, going. So absolutely. When I talk about discover, notice, activate, it's about discover who you are. And to do that, you have to pause, you have to ask questions, you have to tune into yourself, notice how you show up in the world, raise that sense of awareness in a fun way, in a curious way that you enjoy noticing how you show up in the world, and then activate the actions so that you can be very intentional with your life. Because if you live that intentional day, what happens is the day becomes the week, becomes the month, becomes the year, becomes your life. You've lived an intentional life. And you're absolutely right. That scope for discovery is huge. And I mean, the body is incredible. And we just don't give it enough thanks and gratitude for all the signaling that it's giving us constantly, which we miss. We miss them because we're so busy doing what we're doing. But, you know, those signals are there, the the hunger signals that tell you you haven't eaten yet and, you know, you've been busy working, uh, the little cramps in your legs that tell you you've been sitting far too long, uh, the tiredness when you wake up in the morning that's a signal that says, why aren't you sleeping how much you should? We ignore those and we press on because we wear, we wear busyness as a badge of honour, don't we? And uh, We do. Yeah, and that's what needs to shift is it's the slowness and stillness that needs to be the badge of honor, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that what we've all been through with the shutdowns and the pandemic is that invitation. We've been forced for a period of time to slow down. And I heard you mention on your podcast that you did enjoy having your family, being at home. It was that forced slowdown that really allowed us to consider the before and the after. And when we can bring some consciousness to how we're living our life, do the choices match what our values, what we're really seeking, desiring, are they matched? And if not, what are the changes that we can make? Because we know the body is intelligent. It actually has the answers. It's a treasure trove of insights for everything how we move forward, you know, the people we spend time with, the way that we're showing up in the world, how are we of service in the world? Is that resonating with us? Is it not resonating with us? There's just so much to be mined from the intelligence of the body. The difficulty, of course, is our loops, our habits, our patterns, because it's very easy to just fall back into those So whilst COVID, of course, was hard and harsh for so many, for others, it did give that slowness and stillness. But how many have gone back to the speed of life again now that the world has opened up again? And the reason we may not have is because we've gone back to our old patterns and what we've known and become accustomed to. So that's really key when you really are starting to think about making changes, changes to your lifestyle, changes to the way you style your life. It's really, first of all, thinking about what are those patterns and loops that I just keep playing on repeat and what can I do to actually change change that? Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips that you give your clients 
I always say you, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So you have to have that discovery and notice you have to bring awareness before you can actually activate, right? So do you have any tools or tips that you give your clients in terms of how do you change those patterns? Yeah, for sure. Um, so there's a lot of science behind habits and changing habits. And in one of my programs, I've got a, a lifestyle course, which is the Lifestyle First course. And one of the modules is very much on learning habits. And the science of habits is based on things like the hook and the identity. Um, so even if you look at those two things, you know, when you're trying to change something and change those patterns, you've got to merge your identity to that there's no point saying i am energetic and actually don't believe that and you don't then take the actions that that identify with that so it's really first of all i think changing anything starts with having a very strong burning desire you have to know why you're doing something in order then to be able to continue that so if you haven't got a strong reason a strong enough why you're easily going to deflate and deflect back to your previous pattern. So that's the first starting point really is really know why do you want to embark on a journey of change, on a journey of discovery, not because Dana and Alka told you to on this podcast, right? But, you know, what is it that you want to be different? Identify where you're at now and where you want to be and why you want to be somewhere else. I love that you said that one, just always starting with the why, but and where you want to be, have a very clear vision down to embodying the feelings that you want to have when you get there. Yeah. Right. Um, so you know why you want something and then you fast forward yourself, place yourself in that position in the present tense, mm -hmm. forward, you know, forward present tense. You're there. How does it feel when we can tap into our feeling states? Mm. Because in order to get to where we want to go, there's this space and, and it's requires when we need to change a pattern, we have to change our thought pattern. We have to change behavior and that's the hard part, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the hard part. That's where we get, we, it's easy to give up. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So it's, you know, yourself now so well. But actually, you don't really know your future self because you haven't haven't been there. And visualization is what you're describing is incredibly powerful because the human brain thinks in pictures. We do. A lot of our thinking is done in pictures subconsciously. You know, you may remember what I look like, even if you don't remember my name after today. If we bumped into each other on the street, there'd be a, a double head turn and you'd be like, oh. so mm -hmm. we think in, in visuals. And so it's really important to think about that visualization as a really key part of tapping into to brain science and brain neurology, because also the brain doesn't know the difference between really what's real right now in this moment and what isn't. It's all about perception and, uh, and neuroconnectivity, isn't it? So that piece of being there, feeling that, tapping into those emotions, using those signals to then activate the next part of your mm -hmm. journey is very important. But most people don't do that, Dana. It's great for mm -hmm. us to chat about this. But every time I ask anybody, and I ask this question every single day to many, many people, many of my clients and my, and my patients, is what matters to you? Who are you? Who's the person that shows up every day? People don't know. And the reason is because we don't ask ourselves the question enough times and often we know more about what we don't want than what we do want mm -hmm. but actually casting that really clear vision 
gets you closer to that, doesn't it? It's a bit like um, your GPS in your in your car, isn't it? You've got to know your destination, otherwise, you know, where where are you driving? <laughs> wasting mm-hmm. your control, wasting your energy, your time, your money, mm-hmm. all of that is lost if you haven't got a direction. So that's the first thing we do when we get in our cars. We tap in where we want to end up. Mm-hmm. That's very true, and I I'm just remembering one of the conversations that you shared on your podcast is this idea of the discover, notice, activate as you spent a year, Mm. right? You spent a year in that process and you, can you talk to us about that? I think that's very inspiring to think for one year, I'm going to enter, you know, you're entering your own cocoon in essence of self-discovery. Yeah. Yeah. And that came from a why when we talk about the the reason, again, another trigger point for change was just the realization uh, when I really started recognizing that revolving door of healthcare and all the patients that I was seeing one particular morning with the same people that I'd seen just last week or the week before and the month before. And no one was getting better. I wasn't making the difference that I wanted to. My pills, my prescriptions for pills just weren't doing anything for taking care of people in the way that I wanted to. I wanted a handback control of health rather than create a dependency on me, but I'd created a dependency on me completely. And so I chose to go on a journey of discovery because I needed to know what it was that was going to be different. And in fact, I got on a plane a day after Mother's Day a few years ago and went off to India on my own. I'd uh, sent a text message to my husband saying, I think I'm going to go off and do some voluntary work on my own. And he said, you do what you need to do. So so off I went, left the children behind, went off for, uh, for a month or two and really saw self-care and compassion and kindness in a different environment. And that's really what I came and, and brought back with me. But I couldn't really expand people's visions of what was possible until I'd gone on my own journey myself. Now, this is not to say that every doctor goes through every procedure that their patients go through. We don't all have colonoscopies and bypasses and and all the rest of it, but I needed to go on on a journey. So I committed to every day making sure that there was something in my lifestyle, there was an element of self care that I could tune into and really notice about myself. And it's through that then I created my lifestyle first method and my lifestyle first programs, because I really recognize the difference that focusing in on lifestyle really makes. I've got this acronym, you've probably come across it, it's part of my podcast and part of my work, which looks at lifestyle through those, uh, through those letters, lifestyle first, which is about life's purpose, identity, food, exercise, sleep, time out, your connections, uh, learning habits, emotions, and first of all, your motivation and mindset. And I came to these as 10 very key and very core elements of prioritizing your lifestyle, simply because, again, learning from my 300,000 patients that I'd looked after that I actually, I knew where they were going on holiday. I knew what color socks they wore. I knew who their children were. I knew what pets they had. I knew so much about my patients, but I didn't really know what drove them, what motivated them, what mattered to them. And so all my advice, of course, no matter how good it was, wasn't going to be be held because you didn't tap into the discover, notice, activate piece. So that's really what that journey was for me, was to really instill that all these elements in your lifestyle that can make a difference do come from a place of 
asking questions, going on the journey, knowing the starting with the end in mind. And uh, I'm sure we'll come to this, but really measuring and mapping, measuring and mapping so you can really stay on track. So important. Mm -hmm. I think that's very true. I found it to be true in my own life, in the lives of my clients, in the just observing people in general. I really love the invitation that you've given just talking about yourself one thing every day for self-care. There are so many different things that it can be, but just to have that, you start your day with the intention, I will do one thing that I feel is self-care every day. And then discover and notice where it takes you. What do you learn about yourself? Yeah. What's there? What's wanting, you know, what's wanting to come forward when you give it the space of self-care? What's internal and intrinsic to who we are as a human, what's unique to our own soul, our biology will come forward and present itself. Yeah. Yeah. Love that you've highlighted that. In fact, this I should probably share my own little formula that I have for myself every morning to set those intentions for my day. And I, I call it my dreams to success formula because, of course, you know, waking up in the morning, it's you're in that dreamlike state. So I love acronyms. You'll get used to used to me in my acronyms. But my acronym, and this, this takes me just a few minutes every morning. I don't need to press the snooze button. So we stop pressing that and wake up and just ask myself these six little questions. So it uh, spells out dreams. The D is what difference do I want to make in the world today? The R is how ready am I for today? So that's some of the practical things. The E is what energy do I want to radiate out today? The A is what affirmation am I making for myself today? Again, tapping into that identity. I'm kind, I am caring, I am attentive, whatever it is you choose for yourself that day. The M is how motivated do I feel about today? And the S, which brings us full circle, is S for self-care. What part of my self-care am I going to focus on today? And that's just the one thing. So it brings it all together. And if you can, as I said earlier, if you set your day at, right at the beginning with intention, and map out those intentions just takes a few minutes. It's a good day ahead of you, right? I'm going to use that. I love that. It's so easy to remember. It's, you know, we can all practice that. I'll put that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind, I think our listeners are going to want to utilize that as well. So I'll put that in the show notes. Of course, in my programs, I go much deeper into into all of those aspects, but just those as little triggers, you're very, very welcome to share. Yeah, yeah it's we easy things to remember. That's how we change habits, how we change patterns when we have something we can grab a hold on to every day. And that allows us to begin to change. Yeah. Yeah. You asked me earlier about changing patterns and I mentioned hook. So this is a hook. Whenever my alarm goes off in the morning, I will go through my dreams formula and suddenly that becomes automated. If, if the alarm goes off, I'll go through my dreams formula. If the alarm goes off, I go through my dreams formula. It becomes a hook for us to create a new habit. Exactly. And it's automatically start your day off in a way that's proactive and intentional. Like you start with your mindset immediately before you're out of bed, you have your mindset in order mm -hmm. for your day. And I think that's also something that I've practiced and, and really see there's just tremendous value in, you know, starting the day with the mindset. 
Yeah. And the heart, I let, you know, with that, can you tell us those again, just go through because it's you, you're engaging your, the, um, the word you use, engage the mind, engage the heart and engage the body. Yeah. Yeah. It's all of it, isn't it? So D is difference. R is ready. E is energy. A is affirmation. M is motivation. And S is self-care. I love it. That's wonderful. I know our listeners are going to enjoy that. I do want to just touch on how did you make the switch? And maybe it's everything that you've shared today, but from prescribing pills to prescribing lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So it is pretty much what we've been talking about. And in fact, you've taken me through my, my whole journey beautifully in this conversation. And I think it's the realization is once that awareness was heightened and I took myself back to also visualizing that 18 year old when she opened the doors of medical school, I was like, you know, I'm going to be a doctor. And that first interview I had to get into medical school, and they always ask the question, why do you want to be a doctor? And it's because I want to help people. It might sound very cringy. So I took myself back to that and really got open and honest with my with myself. Is that actually what I was doing right now? And very quickly realized that prescription medication was not the answer. I mean, it has a place for sure. And it's important for many, many things. But the reason I switched to lifestyle first was also about positioning. Our lifestyle plays a huge part in how we express our genes. Yes, we've got our DNA, we've got our core, we've got our nucleus, but actually how we choose to express that is very much dictated by our lifestyle. At least 80% of how we show up in the world depends on our choices and we, we get to choose those on our choices about our lifestyle. However hard our circumstances might be, there's there's always choice, isn't there? And I think that was the big, big trigger for me is just to get a bit of a reflective time to think about that journey I've described and what I really wanted to be different. And I think my biggest thing is just recognizing that, you know, humanity has incredible potential, so many gifts, and we all really need to stick around on this planet for as long as possible to be able to share those, really, don't we? So just how do we make living well and living long a priority for us? I love that. That's really beautiful. And I think that's, you've shared so much for our audience to absorb. And I feel so inspired by you, Dr. Patel. Thank you so much. I would like to ask you, what does feeling younger while growing older mean to you? Oh, that's a very interesting question. I guess there's probably some adjectives that I would use to describe that. The first two that come to my mind are around vitality and visibility. And the reason I say this is as we get older, again, we haven't talked about aging on this uh, show at all. And that's a key part of what I do as well is slow down aging and reverse aging and measure biological age so we can live longer, younger. And that's really about living with vitality and vibrance and being visible and not feeling that we're shrinking away as we get older. So those are probably the first two adjectives that come to mind about feeling younger while we're growing older. I think the second two touching on my DNA are the words curiosity and choice. Continually being curious about yourself is so important and knowing that you have a choice at any moment. And you mentioned values and that's a key part of my my work as well is that you have a choice for how you show up with your values and have that intentional life. And probably the final 
two words, the two other two words that are coming up are around awe and amazement. You started off talking about our, our body and our mind and how incredible they are. So never cease to be in awe of the world that we're living and amazed by our own potential as well. Well, those are all really beautiful ways to describe feeling younger while growing older. And I want to thank you so much for being a guest today and tell our audience where they can find you. And I love this. You have the lifestyle quotient test. So maybe you can tell the audience where they can find you. And we'll also put all of this in the show notes. Oh, of course. Yes. So uh, the easiest way to reach out to me is through my website, which is com. And you're right on my website, I've also got a, a test for everybody to take, which is called the LQ. So if you think of your IQ and your EQ, well, now you have your LQ. And of course, that stands for lifestyle quotient, as you've seen. And again, this comes from not just my own journey, but the journey of the thousands of patients I've been looking after as well, which is often we don't have a starting point for where to make changes, especially now this is overloaded with information and good advice and do this and do that and do the other. My friend did this and he did that and she did that. And there's an overwhelm. But what the LQ test does is it knuckles down into those 10 key elements of our lifestyle and it tells you exactly where your starting point should be for making change. What is that big rock that you really, really need to deal with in order to elevate your lifestyle as your greatest asset for health? So that's my LQ test, which you'll find on my website as well. Um, I'm on all the social media channels as well, Dr. Alka Patel UK, and I've got my programs as well on my website. And another key thing I found over my 20 years is time is one of the biggest barriers that we use, one of the biggest obstacles we have for not not making changes, for not tapping into our own self-care. So I have programs that tap into just an hour or 30 days or 90 days. So you choose how much time you want to devote to your lifestyle and to your own self-care at this stage in your life. So those are all on my website as well. That is wonderful. Well, you have a lot to offer and I'm sure everybody will find you in those places. And thank you so much for being our guest today. Oh, thank you so much, Jenny. You've been a very warm and inviting host for me as well. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for joining me on the Vitally You podcast. Download my daily vitality guide. The link is in the show notes. If you are enjoying these conversations, please hit subscribe and download. Spread the love with a review and share it with your friends. I have a special giveaway each month for my reviewers. I will select one reviewer each month to win a sleeve of Eon patches. LifeWave's Eon anti-inflammatory patch moves the nervous system from fight and flight to rest and heal. Experience the power of the patch on your journey of feeling younger while growing older. To be entered to win, it's simple. Leave a review, screenshot your review, and send it to Dana at DanaFrost.com or pop it into a direct message on Instagram at DanaFrostVitallyU. Until next time, I'm streaming love from my heart to yours.